0: Welcome to the Arena Decklist Podcast, or the AD Cast, if you don't like the name and want to shorten it. I'm Jerry Thompson, your host. Here with me, as always, is Brian Gottlieb. And I heard that you have some questions for me to kick off the show.
1: Yeah, well, I think everyone on the planet might have some questions for you right now, Jerry. We are seemingly, again, in this position where you have taken a very public action kind of against the state of magic as it stands right now. Obviously, if people don't know, you chose to leave the MPL this past week. And I I think people want to know more. And you certainly put out a statement that said a lot, gave a lot of your reasoning. I thought it was a very well-written statement, very clear, very concise. And I think a lot of people understand where you're coming from, but I wanted to dig a little bit deeper and give our listeners a little bit more insight because I know people are interested right now. Is that cool with you? Are you willing to answer some questions? No. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. So yeah, we're just going to sit here in obviously, silence.
0: Obviously, I'm cool to answer stuff. My my statement could have been a, a lot longer, but for, you know, the interest of brevity and just doing the sort of like quick hits thing, I, I felt like I got the important stuff across and obviously there's like a lot of details and I'm sure that there's even some stuff that I missed. Like one, one thing that I sent to Wizards of the Coast when I resigned, but didn't actually put in my things that like I do appreciate the opportunity and... I am happy that I went through with it in case that that was not clear, but you know, for my sanity at this point, I'm basically stepping down.
1: That does a great job getting to my very first question. And you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but to me, this choice from you, it didn't feel like the world thing again to me. This felt less like a protest and more like an act of like self-preservation and self-care, would you say there's some truth to that i mean maybe it's a percentage thing where it was like 10% protest 90% self-care how would you evaluate that particular aspect of this decision
0: well i i did not set out to you know do any sort of protest or like punish wizards or anything along those lines it it was very much like a self-care type of thing And I mean, I I went through like the proper channels this time, for example, I resigned on May 3rd, which was 10 days before they announced it and I said anything about it. And I synced up with Elaine Chase and Nate Price and like had a short phone call with them trying to figure out like, what is the best way to actually announce this? And, you know, what should the messaging be and stuff like that? And I was very clear to them that like, I was not going to be you know very positive about the whole thing or whatever which they understood so i i did not consider this a form of protest i will be very clear with that i know that it certainly came across that way and looked that way and people were like oh you know thank you so much for like sticking it to them or whatever and it's like well that wasn't really what i was trying to do like i have never really held back my criticisms or anything uh, especially when i see You know my friends and my peers like getting hurt by the things that are going on right now with organized play where i have a lot of friends who are in the gold silver and even you know the the platinum people like basically the players who are 33 to 100 and who you know magic was their life they might not have been like mpl or whatever but like they were pro tour regulars and they spent a lot of time and energy and everything on Magic and they are just kind of like left out in the cold. They don't know what to do. And uh, I I think that that is a shame. And that is certainly one of the, the bigger pressure points that was going on with just Magic in general, not even necessarily, you know, related to the MPL specifically. But I do feel like a lot of those things got cut to fund the MPL. So, you know, they are related, but yeah at the end of the day, it was very much a, I care about this thing a lot. I keep banging my head against the wall. Nothing happens as a result of it. I gave it the old college try. And now it's, it's probably time to just distance myself as much as possible. And I would like to say that distancing myself, that I'll be able to like worry about it less and be as involved and, you know, just try not to get as frustrated by the whole thing. And I'm not even sure if that's going to be the case or going to happen. Because so, you know, I still have a Twitter account that I log on to daily or whatever. Like I'm still going to see people complaining about stuff. And even recently there's just been like more stuff that has popped up and everything. So I, I think maybe focusing less on actively trying to change things is probably going to be a good thing for me. And, I don't know. I, I would like to think that I did my best and I did try, but at this point, I feel just kind of defeated and like nothing is actually going to change. So here we are.
1: Oh, that's a that's a really sad state of affairs. And I know that kind of from the outset of this whole MPL thing, my thought was always, yes, these pieces are not in place now, and I understand that's scary, but they understand that you just can't scrap the entire underbelly of your competitive endeavor like it, it it can't work there has to be some way to chain pro tours otherwise this whole thing kind of crumbles like a house of cards and i've said that from the beginning and now here we are months and months in and i'm talking to you right now and presumably if anyone would have some elevated information. It would be the faces of magic, the folks who are in the MPL. And there's just nothing. There's there's nothing to make us think that there is a analog to silver, gold, platinum coming. And not only that, but the path to the MPL, which is you know almost so difficult to attain as to be laughable, even if it were to just be by traditional metrics, the path is not laid out whatsoever. I mean, it's seemingly who Wizards thinks best fits the game. And that's fine. They have every right to do that. They have the absolute right to manage things that way. But they've never said anything to that effect. And it's left a bunch of people just feeling lost right now. And I I get the sense that this was really more than anything what was weighing on you decision-wise. Now maybe some of the responsibilities were hitting you, but as far as the decisions that Wizards has made over the past few months, is that the one that really irked you or was there another straw that really broke the camel's back?
0: I, I think it's just a bunch of small things, man. I don't I don't think it was like one individual thing. There were a lot of things that frustrated me and it's like, hey you know, these are, these are issues. Here's why. Do you think that they're issues? Like, are we in agreement here? And it's like, you know, sometimes I would get a yes. Sometimes I would get a no, but ultimately nothing changed as a result of it. And yeah, just, it it did not feel like I was getting heard necessarily, or like, you know, I was getting heard, but they would not do anything as a result of it. And these things kept happening and, you know, that stuff would go public and then people would complain about it, rightfully so. And it's just like the the biggest amount of I told you so moments ever. And it's it's not just me either. It's like basically anyone else who was like privy to these meetings, anyone in the MPL who like brought up similar concerns and complaints to mine, it, it would be much different if it were just me. And I was the only one that thought this way, you know, but it's it's not the case, right? Like anyone who is an entrenched magic player who like eats, sleeps, breathes magic and cares about the health of organized play and stuff like that, like basically everyone has said the exact same thing, yet nothing gets done, which is just like the this huge red flag where like, why are you not listening to your player base and your consumers like you're trying to Dump ten million dollars into this op thing, but at at what cost? And like, what are you hoping to gain from it, right? And that—that's kind of part of the problem too. Where it's like, all right, the Mythic Invitational happened. It was this big hit, and then they just immediately walked it back. Like, what were you trying to do by putting all this money into the event if you're not going to use that to like translate into something else, you know? And especially since you have you have shown us that you can put on like an esports type thing why then immediately go back to the old stuff? Just so many things don't make any sense to me.
1: You're you're doing a fantastic job setting up my future questions, by the way, because <laughs> one of the things I wanted to ask you about, and I feel like we kind of went down this road at Worlds where, again, you mentioned coverage as a huge gripe you had. And I, again, want to push you on this because I saw people take this as Jerry is attacking the people involved with coverage again. And I, I don't think that's your intent at all. I think you are talking about the product as it was presented, where we have this mythic invitational and it's this glossy, beautiful thing that really pushes the game forward. And then we get back to the pro tour and the presentation is just back to square one. A- am I just giving a favorable interpretation of your words or is that what you were really driving at?
0: No, I mean, the Mythic Invitational had, you know, some of the same people, like Rich was involved, Chion was there, that might have been the only overlap. I, I honestly think that the the pro tour coverage team, as it is now, like no ads, no subtracts, could put on a better show. And I think that anyone that disagrees with that needs to actually like, you know, think about that for a little bit. Like you actually think that pro tour coverage is like the absolute pinnacle, the best it could possibly be. There's no chance in hell you know there are so many things that are actually wrong with the the production and yeah just the overall product that gets put out right and it is not necessarily the fault of the people involved or any one individual or anything right it's just a, a bunch of money gets spent to put out a product I think that you know this this might be like my own bias but I don't think so but I, I think that, Overall, like the show is just worse than like any random SCG tour event, which should be very telling. I
1: I will say this certainly, staff and dollar investment ratios, SCG absolutely blows it out of the water. I mean, I'm kind of peeling back the curtain a little bit here, but the SCG production crew is a skeleton crew. We do a lot of this stuff ourselves, it's a few computers, a few people. And they put on a great broadcast every week, not to toot our own horn here, but like just if you're talking ratios, it's not even close.
0: Right. Meanwhile, the the PT slash MC stuff has maybe 10 people who are like reporters, maybe a, a little less than that or whatever. And then there's like this whole production crew backstage that is handling all the the cuts and the imaging and like directing people and all sorts of stuff, right? And meanwhile, it's just like Cedric doing commentary and also directing every single thing, which is just bananas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that has become very clear to me as, you know, we've done more and more of these casts, just how, how hard SCG has worked to get up to the level they're at and how much those people who run those shows deserve praise because quite frankly, they don't have the backing of someone like Hasbro to throw money at the problem. They need to run a profitable endeavor. And certainly the production cuts into that, but they do a great job with very little. It's kind of besides the point. I think we're getting off the topic, but it's, it's something that has struck me since we started doing coverage, just how small the entire team is.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, I knew... I knew that already because it's like I had gone to those events and friends with Cedric. I talked to him. I understand exactly what goes into it. I had done commentary for a few shows back in like 2014. You look back at like the old SCG coverage too, like even after Gigi's live went away and they started doing their own thing, like it has improved like immensely in the last six, seven years or whatever. And granted, Wizards has also improved a decent amount, but for sure. But realistically, in in the last five years, like Wizards product doesn't look all that different. And th- there are, again, some improvements, right? Like they have kind of figured out that there are certain caster teams that work better together and there are segments that people like and that they don't like. And they're doing things like making open deck lists to make it easier to do deck tax and not have people want to like hide their list and stuff like that. And they're adapting cardboard live and all this stuff. Like these are definitely improvements, but at the end of the day, it doesn't make that much of a difference when you're talking about like the product as a whole.
1: Yeah. And especially because you know, they can hit a home run because we just saw them do it right. Like exactly. there's, there's no question mythic. The mythic invitational was a fantastic step forward in magic without a doubt, all kudos to everyone involved. And I, I I just it seems like it's the same people. I don't know. That's all I can say. Uh I'm not sure why things seemingly smaller, took a very big regression.
0: Smaller on-site crew for that event, too.
1: Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to make of that, but we'll we'll move on from that point because there's a lot of other things to talk about. And I'm gonna ask you to kind of get into the heads of some people right now and how they may presently view you. What do you think you're I guess not? Not fellow anymore, your former fellow MPLers think of you right now?
0: No idea. Uh, I have not had a whole lot of contact with a lot of them. I had a handful of people reach out to me. And by that, I mean like three, maybe. I don't know. I I think a, a lot of them just don't really care that much. Like they are certainly upset about the state of things and everything, but certainly not enough to quit their job because. The fact that all these things are going poorly doesn't necessarily drive them as nuts as me because I think that I overall care about the state of things and the community as a whole more than myself. And a lot of that does come from privilege, where like I have this SCG gig and I have the podcast, and like these things are doing really well. I can afford monetarily to actually walk away from this, whereas a lot of other people potentially can't. So, of course. I I certainly count myself lucky to that degree. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, like they are still looking out for themselves. And that makes complete sense to me. Like, I get that. But as far as like how they view me personally, it's just like, I don't know, maybe they think that I'm a little crazy, because I'm actually willing to do things like give up this lucrative opportunity in the hopes of, you know, making a change or making myself less crazy or whatever. And I think that uh, there are a lot of people who would just be willing to, you know, put up with it for the 30K remainder of the year or whatever. But
1: yeah, I I think you're spot on. And maybe I would include myself in that group. As someone who's left lucrative opportunities before, I didn't do so before I kind of got as much as I could out of it. And maybe that's self-serving, but like I don't know. I'm always going to side with workers when we're having these kind of discussions. Like I think employees deserve to be paid. And I don't know what I would have done in your spot. I might have just toughed it out and gritted my teeth. But I'm I'm proud of you for putting yourself first, putting your own health first, uh, your own mental well-being first. I think that's something to be lauded. Getting back to how entities view you, the present moment, your ability to play magic for a living. And notice I use the word play magic for a living. At this point, it feels intimately tied to your personal relationships with Wizards of the Coast. Does that concern you at all? I mean, you mentioned you have all these backup things, but I also know you love playing Magic, and you've been on the Pro Tour for so long. And I have to think that were OP to be restored to something that you were happy with and proud of, you would want to be at the upper echelon of it again. Are you concerned about the way your relationship stands with Watsy right now?
0: I think that's a problem for future Jerry. Like, (laughs) okay, right. So right now, they're they're still getting back to me on this, but I was under the assumption that I would just be rescinding all status. It does say that if you leave the MPL for any reason, like either they they fire you or you quit or whatever, you'll get whatever status you were back rather than getting the MPL benefits. And, you know, so like when the MPL started, I was platinum. However, I no longer have points for platinum status. Like I wasn't going to Grand prix because there was no reason for me to. Like, I I don't, I don't have everyone else. Right. I don't have pro points. So I am currently bronze. I do have an invite to the MC in Barcelona because of our team series standing. The top eight teams... Uh, each person on them gets an invite and a flight to the next MC and we are mm-hmm. currently in third. So uh, I'm not sure what the the thing is for the next MC. I think it, it gets cut down to top four or something, which is fine because if we do poor enough at this MC and a bunch of people pass us and we're in sixth or whatever, it's like we don't really have a whole lot of shot at, making it to the finals thing anyway. So me not getting in in, invite to the next MC doesn't really change anything. So I don't know, man, I've been uh, getting crushed basically for a while. And I know that that sounds kind of silly because you know, I I won a PT two years ago. And then I don't know, like nine months later I got second a PT, but like aside from those, I have not done a whole lot of winning. And I think that there are a lot of reasons for that. You know, it's like, I, I think, honestly, that I am very good at now selecting decks for PTs, maybe not like top top where I want to be, you know, but I am good at picking safe choices that are very good, at least. And for the week to week stuff, I think that I'm still on point for, you know, whenever my my height was, you know, like I, I think I'm doing good work tuning decks and building good sideboards that have plans and stuff like that like i'm still very much tuned into magic but i show up to the tournaments and i just lose and i think a lot of that is like my heart is not really in it succeeding in competitive endeavors is not really where my head is focused currently and there was a point certainly when i uh left wizards uh when i was doing r&d work for them and like early 2014, where all I wanted to do was play pro tours. I just wanted to like compete at the highest level and that was it. And that lasted for a couple of years maybe. And now I'm just like, I want to help other people do well. And I plan on just doubling down, tripling down on that, trying to do the best that I can and hope other people get to you know consume our content and reach their goals, improve, learn, things like that. And Just like showing up to the tournaments, it it never felt important to me. I never had like that fire, like oh, I just want to do well or whatever. And maybe some of of that is because of success, like doing well in those PTs and making it into the MPL, even though the selection process was just like completely random. You know, they could have just picked any moment in time, basically when I was not in the top thirty-two, right? And I, I don't think that that was necessarily like a a good thing for me. Like I did not think that it indicated that like, I am one of the best 32 players in the world or whatever, but it it was still just like, Oh, I'm in this group of like elite players and people seem to think I belong here and whatever. And like, you know, maybe that, I don't know, takes some of the fire away. I guess it's like, I kind of already made it, you know, like, why do I need to like fight in this tournament?
1: Uh, I think that's a question that everyone who reaches that level grapples with to some extent. And sometimes the answers aren't there i will say it's fascinating that none of this this desire to step away from these obligations and this part of the tournament scene none of this is accompanied by any disinterest in magic whatsoever and that's God what's no. so striking about it is that how how bad do things have to have gotten mucked up for someone who just loves the game with all of their heart, wants nothing more than to play the game, to talk about the game, to teach people about the game, to just be like, uh, I don't want to be at the top level anymore. Like, that's kind of unheard of, really.
0: Well, I I would still like to be at the top level. Like, I want people to view me in that light so that, you know, they, they take my word seriously, right? Uh, I do think that that is important. Of course. Of course. But- yeah, as far as me participating in the tournaments and stuff, it's like eh, it's it's kind of whatever, like I have done that. I will likely do that again in the future. And when it comes down to it, I will have to figure out a way to qualify. And I, th- I think that I'm pretty good at qualifying. Honestly, I there are very few pro tours in the hi- like the history. Right. Like ever since I started playing competitive magic, where I was like, I really want to qualify for this one. And I didn't.
1: That's good. That's good to have that in your pocket.
0: Obviously things are different, right? And like the systems keep changing and everything. But when when it comes time for me to be like, I want to qualify for this tournament, like I'm going to make it happen. And yeah, that's that's one of those things where maybe it's just like hubris, right? Like maybe I do try and come back in like a year or two years or whatever. And I just find it insanely hard to qualify and I just can't, you know, who knows. But uh, that that's kind of how I feel where if I want to come back, I will figure out a way to do it. It probably won't be, Like clean or pretty, you know. I'll just be like scrapping and driving to Spokane with you and Cedric to hit up these MCQs and stuff. But I don't know that that part is fun anyway.
1: Yeah. So Cedric and I canceled that trip today. By by
0: the way, (laughs) why? Why?
1: Because it's so far away, Jerry. It's four and a half hours away. And look, we're sitting here talking about how there's no OP system whatsoever. What are we playing these MCQs for? Like, I'm going to the one in Tacoma. On Saturday and I'm happy to because it's a tournament. I love magic. It's about an hour and a half from my house. It'll be sweet. I had a great time playing at Mox Bellevue last week. I saw lots of friends. I had people come in from out of town. You were there. Uh, I got to speak with some fans. It was a great tournament. It was a blast. I'm very happy I participated in it. But like Driving four and a half hours, getting a hotel overnight, and my wife is going to the coast on Sunday, wanting me to go with her. I'm like, no, I'm going to go to Spokane instead and go play this magic tournament. That qualifies me for something that I don't even know I want to be participating in. Like, what am I doing there? That makes no sense whatsoever. And where you're talking about how all these incentives have been taken away, at some point, you just have to ask yourself, like, what am I doing this for? And I'm doing it because I love playing magic and I want to play in a tournament that means something, but I don't have to do that at the expense of everything else. I don't have this drive to be back on the pro tour. It just doesn't exist anymore because why would it for anyone at this point?
0: Well, I can certainly relate with that. Like I said, there was a time where all I wanted to do was play PTs and now I'm just like, yeah, I'll just stop playing PTs, whatever. At the same time, I do want to kind of advocate for participating in the system because I do think that like playing in playing in Pro Tours is fun. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who really do like competing and want to test themselves and play against the best. And I think that the the MCs are just the the best way to do that. Even if it isn't, you know, like I I go to this MC or I want to queue for this MC so that I can like try and spike another invite, get closer to silver, get closer to gold or whatever. I do think it's fine to just be like, I want to queue for this MC so I can play in the MC.
1: And I do feel that way. And I would, I would be thrilled if I were to win this MCQ on Saturday. But, it, but it there's just a line. Can't, yeah, it can't be my priority. That doesn't make any sense. And I mean, even from the perspective of making the best content for my readers and listeners, I don't think you can argue that me being at that event is the optimal use of my time as far as what I can learn, what I can provide to our our listeners. I just think like sitting and playing a bunch of arena is probably worth more on the whole. And maybe at some point I'll feel differently. And like, for whatever reason, I'll just be like, yes, I have to do this right now. Like I want this pro tour very badly, but like I don't know, man. I just can't find the reason as it stands right now. And that makes me really sad because there aren't too many points where I felt like that. And again, certainly it's fallen at different places on my priority scale. But this is at a point in my life where I am essentially professionally involved with magic. All I do is magic content, play magic, talk about magic, broadcast magic. Like Magic is very much my livelihood and my life It doesn't feel like the Pro Tour has to correspond with that. It doesn't feel like there's overlap there, and that's a crazy space for OP to currently occupy in the overall ecosystem. And I I don't think that's a failing on my part. I really do think that's a failing on the existing system.
0: I'm I'm right there with you. I definitely agree. I I also do kind of agree with you. You didn't necessarily bring this point up. Maybe you thought about this. Maybe you didn't. But. I I think there is merit to being on the ground, like in the trenches, doing the same things that our listeners are doing, like playing in these MCQs. I do think that is very valuable. And, you know, like you said, you played Mox Bellevue, you're going to play Tacoma this weekend. I don't think that going to Spokane necessarily adds that much to it. But if, if this were like the only one that was in our area, for whatever reason, I would highly encourage you to go, but yeah, since you've already played a couple of them, I think that that helps keep you grounded. You know, it's like you can sit there and play arena by yourself, maybe even talk to some people, but it matters so much more that you're like in the room with 150 other magic players and you hear people having these conversations and, you know, like people are talking about things that come up in certain matchups and how do they sideboard. It's like you pick up so much more than you would actually think.
1: No, you're not wrong. It's just a question of like, Again, the ratio, like how much is the reward worth the occupation of my day? And if if it was just the only MCQ on the weekend, maybe then I would be doing it. The fact that I'm playing one on Saturday on top of it, though, is another kind of notch against making that long drive and being there overnight. But whatever. That's, again, feels like it's a little bit off topic. I guess I want to get back to my final couple questions here and then we can move on to actually talking about playing magic, which is the thing I love as opposed to all this nonsense. <laughs> but despite all of this that I'm saying, there is a group of people who maybe more than anything in the world want to be a professional magic player. And I think that group has shrunk, but it exists. There's people who want this goal- more than anything on the planet. What would be your advice for those people?
0: I think that those people still exist. I don't necessarily know that the group has shrunk, but I do know that there are people who are frustrated and willing to walk away because they don't know how to actually do that. Okay. Right? Like, I'm sure the amount is non-zero. The amount of people that are just like, I don't even want to do this anymore. I just give up. But I think mostly what you're seeing is the people complaining because they do want that and they do care.
1: Okay. That's a fair interpretation, I think.
0: To your question, I I kind of ended my statement on why I resigned with this, where I think that the way that people interact with magic should probably not change that much. I think that and, and my advice would basically always be the same, like before all this nonsense, whatever, is that find what you enjoy out of magic. And this qualifies for like life too. just anything. Find what you enjoy and do that. It sounds so simple, right? But like you're, you're talking about, uh, well, I want to go to Spokane. It seemed like a good idea at the time. And now I don't really want to for X, Y and Z reasons. And it's like, cool, you should not do that if it's going to make you miserable. But for the people who are like, oh, I read Twitter today and it was really depressing and I don't feel like magic. It's like, well, I know that once your butt is in the seat and you're drawing your opening hand, you're going to enjoy it. You know, like that aspect doesn't change. It's why I'm (laughs) like doing this podcast. And before we started, I like typed up a deck list, you know, like I, I still care about all of the things that are going on within magic. It is, of course, very depressing and very defeating to have all the other stuff happening. But at the end of the day, I, I still like thinking about it and I'm not going anywhere. Like, I don't know what I would do with myself if I didn't have magic to think about. Like things like Hearthstone and Shadowverse are only so deep.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I feel you. So you address this a little bit in your statement. And this is my final question for people who are, uh, who have had it up to their ears with this line of questioning, but you address this a little bit kind of with the accompaniment to your statement, but is there anything? you want to say to the new MPL members, Jess, Stefan and Savige, any advice, any, just any words of wisdom you want to send their way?
0: I I can provide a few anecdotes. One is, uh, Jess kicked my ass in the Mythic Invitational and actually knocked me out. Uh, <laughs> the other one uh, about Savige is that I was watching him stream when I was getting into Hearthstone and he was one of the streamers that I actually liked because it was very clear that, he understood games in general and knew Uh what was going on and was good at explaining himself and whatever. Uh, Like he, he was just a delight to watch. And obviously the messaging is super weird where it's like, Hey, we're going to take the top 32 quote unquote, best magic players of this point in time and make them the MPL. to like, Oh wait, let's do this R stone streamer. And we also want a woman for representation. It's like, Kind of changing the messaging, but honestly, I think they probably messed up the messaging from the get. I Agreed. think that yeah, they they should have not just done top thirty two top down. And Hearthstone even recently did this. They they introduced like their own Challenger League type stuff, which is basically like the MPL, but from what I can gather, it's separated by region. And they were like, you know, this these people are the top uh, points earners. These people are the top money winners of all time, like this person has done this, whatever, like you get to curate the list however you want and you can explain it away however you want, right? So if you want to say Jess is currently the best woman and Autumn is the best non-binary, like, yo, by all means, just do that, right? But to just do the top 32 players, I think they missed a lot of marks and they're they're kind of sensing that now and are trying to correct that. And I have... No issues with that. Outside of like, hey, how the hell are people supposed to qualify for the MPL? No one knows. That's that's the biggest issue. But regardless, right. I think that like Savage did really well in the Mythic Invitational, and you watch He's him play. He's very good at
1: magic. He's very he, good. Bottom he line, he
0: plays. He plays so well,
1: mm-hmm. especially
0: for someone who's been playing the game for like six months or whatever. Like it's just comical, right? It makes you feel so stupid watching him play. And does he have some stuff to learn? Sure. Yeah. But he is definitely way better than, you know, a a lot of the current like gold and silver players. And that's not knocking on the gold and silver players, right? That's just like a testament to his skill. He is going to look like he belongs. Jess is going to look like she belongs. And uh, to all the people who are saying, well, I, I wish it were more of just a meritocracy. I recommend that you go to Ross Merriam's Twitter and you find the thread where he talks about meritocracy. And how it's just kind of a joke, right? Because a lot of the people who are bringing up the thing about meritocracy happen to be white cis males who have not had to face any barriers in order to participate in said meritocracy. And Ross goes into a bunch of points as to how that could affect things. And I think that people should definitely read that, definitely look at it and think about it. Because, like, when I started playing Magic, And obviously I had, I had no idea. Like I've been a white cis male my entire life, right? Like I never faced any sort of adversity. I never had people who were like giving me shit about things or making me uncomfortable or saying that I didn't belong there or whatever. Like I just showed up to a game store, was immediately welcomed. And then it was like, okay, I, I proved that I'm kind of good. And then I was just like in with the in crowd. Right. And it just, to me, it seems so easy. And then, you hear about literally anyone else's story and it's not the same thing. Like people have different experiences than you, right? And it is important to recognize what other people's experiences have been because that will teach you some empathy and that will allow you to understand the hardships that they have faced and the things that they have gone through. So for the people who are like, oh yeah, obviously you should be a meritocracy because i haven't faced any adversity and i'm you know in the top 32 or whatever it's just like yo check yourself because this is this is a very bad look
1: the idea that there could be anything resembling a meritocracy in a financially gated game is so laughable it's not even funny to say nothing of other societal pressures that people who play this game face i mean i I don't even want to go down this road just because the arguments, I, I don't believe they're made in good faith. Like they just come from people who want more and are not willing to actually take the time to understand other people's experiences. And I think
0: I think there are some people, and probably a decent amount of people actually, who are saying things like that or making these arguments and they just don't realize. And that is why I'm actually talking about it now is because like I, I hope to educate some people. Right. And I believe that these people can actually like come around and learn and understand what other people have gone through. Like, I have faith in that. Otherwise, I won't bother saying anything.
1: I think that's a good way to look at it. And if it weren't for my extreme levels of frustration having talked about this basically ad nauseum throughout the week, maybe I would be more inclined to go down that road. But there were a lot of frustrating moments. Over I know the last week. And uh, I, I'm just honestly kind of burnt out on it at this point. And easy for me to be burnt out on it because it doesn't affect my life. So you can you can wrap back around in that way. And it, it's easy for white cis males to be burnt out on fighting for this stuff. But these people do it all the time. And it's if you can't take a second to recognize that, there's something wrong.
0: Yeah. So back to the original point, it is a meritocracy, assuming you have enough money to spend on cards and travel and hotels and flights and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and it's a meritocracy if you are immediately welcomed into you know people who are car tripping to events and you are able to focus on playing in a tournament without having outside factors like you know people saying that you don't belong here or either like just blatantly saying it outright or a bunch of Random microaggressions, or whatever it is, you know, it is easy to just look at it that way because, based on merit, like you have what it takes, but you have already had like a bunch of free passes to be able to participate in this system. So, of
1: course, of course. And like you said too, I think there's people whose frustration with the lack of clarity in any forms of OP is manifesting as what either is or is seeming like ill will towards these new recipients of the MPL status. And if it is, well, I have some swear words I'd like to drop right now, but I'm not going to. And if it's misplaced and you're not understanding the impact of kind of asserting these things, then this is a good learning opportunity, like you said.
0: Yeah. I mean, you want to talk shit about Savage or Jess? Screw you. You know? If, if Watsi contacted you and just with no like pretense, no rationale, whatever, we're just like, Hey, do you want to join the MPL? Obviously you would do the same thing as them. hundred percent in you would join, right? So how can you get mad that Jess and Savage belong? Like you want to tell Jess that she should have turned it down in the hopes that, you know, some other white male would have gotten in or whatever, like, nah, screw that. It is not her fault that she's in there. I mean, it might be her fault for being good, right? right. <laughs> like it is It is not her fault for like accepting. Yeah, it's, it's just comical in the worst way, like not the ha-ha funny kind of way.
1: hmm No, I'm right there with you. And anything else you want to add before we move on to some wizarding squares and actual casting of magic spells.
0: I mean, at this point we're 42 minutes deep and I feel like we could potentially just split this into two eps, but I'm I'm down to do whatever you want to do, man.
1: Well, we we got to do some magic. So why don't we talk standard? How does that sound?
0: Yeah, yeah, I was just saying like we could just cut this and then start a standard ep okay
1: yeah okay let's stop right here this is it this is your episode one we're going to do two episodes this week uh i certainly hope everyone takes the time to listen to this and think about jerry's situation a little bit think about magic a little bit uh i hope this was illuminating but we'll talk cards in the next episode how does that sound
0: yeah we'll, we'll just release these at the same time it's fine
1: cool sounds good that's game Good luck.